If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Did you know that Outdoor Classrooms improve children's emotional, intellectual, and behavioral development while helping foster the development of creativity, problem-solving, independence, and confidence? The problem is, overwhelm, fear, and a lack of time can often make achieving any Outdoor Classroom vision into reality more trouble than it's worth. Did you know that we have a membership community at Outdoor Classrooms? It's the leading training community for educators and parents interested in cultivating outdoor classrooms and creating nature-based curriculum. It's a membership to support, collaborate, educate, and bring like-minded educators together. And it's packed with in-depth, practical training and resources for all aspects of planning, running, and growing a sustainable outdoor classroom, plus the community support you need to ensure your teaching gardens achieve their full potential. Hello, today we are in for a treat. We have Maya Lewis with us. She is an early childhood coordinator with the Cornell Cooperative Extension at Suffolk County Farm and Education Center. Her main focus is with the team that designs and implements Little Farmers Preschool, an outdoor play-based program for children ages three to five years old. Maya has her bachelor's degree in early childhood education from Stonehill College and is currently pursuing her master's degree in curriculum and instruction design at Penn State. She has worked with CCE in numerous different roles over the past 10 years, starting as a camp counselor during the summer breaks in college. Maya is passionate about creating opportunities to preserve the simple joys in childhood, helping foster children's relationships with the natural world and preparing young learners for all aspects of life, not just for kindergarten. Without further ado, Maya Lewis. Hello and welcome. We have Maya Lewis here today talking to us about her program. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. And I'm thrilled you're here. So we would love to first learn about what got you into your farm school and nature-based education and what was a little bit of your journey. So I had a traditional journey through ed program in college. When I student taught my senior year, I sort of had what I call the quarter life crisis and said, this is almost what I want to do, but I'm not (laughs) quite there. It's not quite right. And um, when I was in college for my summer jobs, I worked at the farm as a camp counselor. I was also a participant in the farm camp when I was younger. I was a participant in the 4-H programs when I was younger. So I, um, I really just knew that 
the traditional school route was close, but not quite it. So after college, I taught universal pre-K for two years, but I stayed on as a part-time educator at the farm at the time. So I would do weekend events and pop in when they needed me. But my boss, um, the manager of the early childhood programs, Allison Grief, she kind of said to me, I've been wanting to do a preschool for the last couple of years. And maybe, maybe this is the time. So that year when I was in UPK teaching, every Friday I'd had end up at her office knocking on her door going, are we doing it? Are we doing it? <laughs> so then we did it. So we just finished our fifth year of Little Farmers Preschool at the Suffolk County Farm. And it's been an amazing experience working outside and um, on such beautiful land and being able to teach the way I think is the best way for the the children in my care, which is looking at them as individuals and being able to adjust my teaching to the to the child in front of me, which feels really special. When I was in UPK, there was just there was a lot more structure to it that sometimes I felt pigeonholed that I couldn't really help uh, individuals. I, w- I was more of a blanket that I was mm. looking to change a little bit. <laughs> That's fascinating. So again, for those that are listening, we this is an outdoor classrooms tour and talk. So that means that we have, we're going to be going through actually a beautiful PowerPoint. There's a picture here of kids in a trailer going through an amazing sunflower field. So if you are a member of the circle, you get access and get to actually see these incredible pictures. But if you're not, you get to hear us and listen and uh, we'll describe them as much as we can. So just so you know, this again is an outdoor classrooms tour and talk, and we are going to let Maya explain a little bit more about the Suffolk County Farm and Education Center and their mission. Yes, um, the farm is in Yapink, New York on Long Island, and we're a part of Uh, Cornell Cooperative Extension. So the farm's mission is to provide hands-on research-based learning to all residents of our county with themes in agriculture, animal science, history, STEM, healthy living, life skills in a unique year-round environment and in different community spaces. So the farm's vision is to connect with our agricultural heritage here on Long Island and to pave the pathway for a bright, healthy, sustainable future. So we do lots of different programs at the farm. The preschool is just a piece of a bigger puzzle. We do field trips. We do outreaches. We have a caregiver and me type class. We have 4-H clubs on the farm, lots of them. We do big events for the community as well. So there's a big big to do at the farm. The preschool is a a portion of it. And the farm is actually open to the public as well, nine to three every day for free. So um, it's really a place where people can come and, you know, pause the busy life and suburban culture and be on a huge piece of property that's sort of uh, frozen in agricultural heritage here on Long Island. That's beautiful. Beautiful. What beautiful. Again, you t- spoke a little bit about your early childhood programs. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about Yeah, absolutely. So we have a couple of different things for our early childhood department. We have a learn and play program that's been in existence for a really long time. It's structured as a caregiver in me class. So it's one or two classes a day based on age range. So we start at 15 months all the way to five years, but they'll pocket them like 15 months to 24 months on on Mondays or, you know, something like that. So it's about an hour. They have different themes each week based on the seasons. Our curriculum for that is really based on the seasons and what's going on around the farm, which is our mission to have as much hands-on learning as possible. So we use our environment um, to, to guide our curriculum with that. And they do, they come in, they have some pre-play with each other. 
they read a book based on whatever thing they're doing that week. They go on a wagon ride. They, so they go out to explore the farm and participate in whatever that is. So if they're doing dairy that week, they read about the cow. Um, they'll go out to the cow fields uh, in, in with the cattle. Or if they do babies on the farm, they're doing hatching chicks. They'll go and see an incubator. They'll go get to hold some baby chicks. So things like that, which is really awesome. It gets kids in really early and participating with peers their age and also, you know, a caregiver. So it's really nice. And then, so that was in existence for a long time. And then we thought it would be a good pipeline to continue people in the programs that we do at the farm to have a preschool. So uh, Little Farmers Preschool launched five years ago. It's for children aged three to five. And it's a September to June program. So we run from 9 to 11.30 every day with an option for like a lunch bunch group that stays a little bit later, which has been really fun. We started with one Monday, Wednesday, Friday class and mon- one Tuesday, Thursday class. Now we've we've doubled in our size. We wow. have three more teachers than we did when we started with just me and my boss, Allison. And yeah, the need in the community has really been an amazing thing. Once we started and we sort of created a reputation for ourselves and became visible, of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Yeah, we have a wait list every year now and we're oh. trying our best to just commu- just create opportunities as much as we can. The program sort of morphs every year to the needs of our community. This this past year, we had a lot of parents that were interested in a five-day-a-week program. So we said, okay, let's launch that. This year, there was less people interested in the five-day, so that's okay. You know, we, we sort of morph to the needs of the parents in front of us which is a really awesome thing that we have the flexibility to do that. Yeah, that's a that's such an important message just in terms of I have a lot of listeners who you know really run their own business but to have that flexibility of really meeting the needs of your clientele is and families is is critical and it's a really great message. I'm really glad you pointed that out. Yeah, we just try to adjust, you know, we're five years yeah. in and we're like, okay, what, what, what do people want? What do they think they need? So it's been good. <laughs> we also do run a, a summer program that we started a couple of years ago as well. That's six weeks over the summer, six or seven weeks, depending on when 4th of July falls in the summer. And that is a half day as well. And it's for a three to five year old. So that's separate from registration is separate from the preschool because that runs September to June. Awesome. And that's been really successful as well. And learn and play is. Yes. So I sort of chatted this about before, but this is Miss Pat in there so they have their own pavilion outside behind her is the butterfly house it's beautiful Mm. and this is a little story time that she's doing and then after that they would jump on a wagon and head out head out to explore the farm which is really awesome yeah so beautiful I was actually a participant in learn and play when I was little really yes which is really really cool and so you have wagon rides they really they're really on the farm Yes. Oh, yes. We have a bunch of wagons and we all, you know, all the educators on the farm are all tractor trained and we have these big, big wagons that we hitch up and we put the children on it because the farm is over 200 working acres. So it's a big flat for very little legs. So in order to explore all corners of the farm, we'll we'll put on a wagon and, and head out to explore, which is really, it's a really special thing. The kids absolutely love the wagon rides. It's incredible. So it's saying that you have uh, Monday through Saturday, 14 classes total. Each class is up to 15 children and adult. That's incredible. Yes. And, and we also, the farm will run wagon rides on the weekend, weather permitting for the public as well. So people really love to be able to see 
the vastness of the farm and it's sort of a hidden gem. People don't realize that we have this massive piece of property here, which is, it's really special. Uh, this is puddle jumping, learn and oh, play. Yeah. We do lots of puddle plays. Um, in learn and play, we, they do a whole week of puddle play. We flood parts of the farm and just let them go to town with this. And uh, we do it a lot with the preschool as well. And we also years ago started participating in International Mud Day, where we have a, a public event too that we encourage people to come in and get messy. And sometimes parents don't think about allowing their children to do this. So we try to give an excuse and a reason and uh, opportunity to do it and get messy and go through a little kid washing station before you leave the farm and just give them an excuse to sort of get back into these like simple joys of childhood that are so special. So yeah. puddle jumping is definitely encouraged on the farm. <laughs> and here they all are in their rain gear. Yes, yes our our awesome rain suits so there's so many different parts of the farm that we're able to explore and then the kids bring their rain suits for the preschool and seeing the kids walk around in their rain suits a lot of the learn and play parents that'll be there will be like what is that where did we get that how can we get that um <laughs> so it's really it's really awesome we're big on you know making sure that we're prepared we're outside most of the time we do have indoor spaces for the for the preschool but the vast, vast, vast majority of the time we're outside. And they have to be in gear. That's a huge oh, yes. piece of it. Yes. So we started the Little Farmers Preschool in September of 2008. And our uh, beginning mantra was through free play, guided exploration, exposure to all corners of the farm. We wanted to give children the opportunity and the chance to learn, grow and become really independent. We spend the days almost entirely outside, uh, weather permitting. So for us, weather permitting means not rain, not snow. Uh, but for us on the farm, it really means wind. Because there's so many trees. There's so much going on on the farm. It's it's so open that sometimes it could get really, really dusty, really, really windy. And we just are mindful of, uh, of the trees around us with the wind. So it's really, when you hear weather, weather permitting, you think rain. No, we're outside if it's absolutely downpouring. <laughs> we're a little bit mindful of the, the wind, especially with very tiny humans. And so we do have some indoor spaces. Oh. We use a we use a screen porch for one of the mm-hmm. groups. That's the group that I that I run. We're in a screen porch that in the winter time they put plexiglass up, um, which is great. And then there is another building that our uh, educators are have their office in as well that is we call it our little barn and it is an inside mm. space for another building as well and sort of where we keep all their extra clothes and keep all of our crazy library of things and toys and things like that but it does function as an indoor space when we need it uh, especially after puddle jumping and needing to change and we have an indoor bathroom there that the kids use oh that's great sounds like heaven <laughs> so this <laughs> is another like- another image of just all the different things that you're doing there's no such thing as bad weather only bad clothing so you've got all all the seasons and all all the what they're doing. Yes, yes. So we've got a big rainy day. We're out all bundled up in our rain suits and our clothes out under a, uh, a gazebo. But the kids brought all the mud kitchen stuff under the gazebo for a little bit of uh, of break from the rain. So we try to do that too. We're outside, but we're also, there's so many spaces on the farm, so many buildings, so many little coverings that we, we're, we're out all day, but sometimes we'll find a little space to tuck in. Like here's the gazebo that's in one of our big play spaces that it just gives them a little rest for a minute from some of the like heavier rain or you know something like that same with our big historic hay barn sometimes we'll just pop in there and uh, read a story get out uh, even though there's no heat there's no air conditioning or anything in the the big old barn it just gives a you know five or ten minute reset sometimes for them same thing with the greenhouses we have some greenhouses on the farm that IGHL 
um, independent group housing living um, and our environmental manager use to, to grow lots of different things for the community. And sometimes we'll just pop in there to get out of some some harsh yeah. weather for a minute. In the winter, it's great because oh, maybe our hands are really cold for a minute. We just we just need a reset for five minutes. So we'll go in, we'll explore what what's going on in the greenhouse. We'll warm up enough to be able to go outside and do another stretch outside. So special that we have a lot of spaces that we can we can work with when things get you know, we just read the kids in front of us. If they get a little bit, if they're not happy and sometimes they don't know how to say, my fingers are cold, it ends up in a meltdown. So we go, okay, what do we need to do? We need to just do a reset. Let's do, um, pop into our closest space. Yeah, which is great. I just keep thinking about the memories that are being created here. It's just, it sounds like a little taste of heaven that you have so many different spaces. And here we're looking at a slide that's hands-on learning and just, yeah, I have a couple different images here. So one is um, a little friend uh, milking a pretend cow, which is really fun. We don't have any dairy cows that currently are milking because they're all older. So we do have a couple of these little little guys that we'll use for 4-H clubs and for programs like field trips. And so getting our hands on something that I remember in UPK when I was trying to do something like trying to recreate something a little bit different, I would do it with like a glove, you know, like a latex glove and try to right, get right. And I'm like, at least this, this is like they're underneath and they're really experiencing it more. And then we go and see the dairy cows. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You, know, you can have a lesson in dairy that you do this and then you go see it in real life. Actually, yeah. yeah. And then the next one is exploring the sunflower field. So this is a little one that pulling up a sunflower close to his magnifying glass and he's just really excited to see it closely. And again, this is something after we would, you know, a book about, about sunflowers or even, you know, the tiny seed by Eric Carl, something something about big things growing out of small things. And he's looking really close at the seeds here. So it's a, it's a great thing. Again, it's taking things and learning off paper, creating a real experience for it, which is definitely our goal. And the last picture on this slide is uh, of a little one this past year, uh, tapping a maple tree. That was really special too. We talked about it beforehand for the upcoming week, end of February, early March, we start talking about, okay, we need a day that it's cold at night and warm during the day. You try to lead them up to it. And then um, together, she's using a big old tool. You know, they're working together. We had a big talk about it. And uh, you can just see it on her face that she's yeah, she's little. Yes, thrilled. She's a little one. <laughs> and the sensory experience, we have mud and leaves and dirt. Yes, just we encourage go. all of that. Yes. Like I said, we have this first picture here is in um, that screen porch that we use as a home base, that one of the classes uses as a home base. So we do a lot of tabletop things in that in that sort of space but then we head out into the farm so the next picture is me reading a story right outside of the corn maze it doesn't circle time isn't always in one spot we're very flexible about our day so and then the the last one is in extreme weather we we use that inside space so that third picture is doing some names with some wood cookies and letters and tracing in little barn which is the most secure inside space that we have that we'll use too on on days that are like the end of school year this year we had some of that really heavy duty air quality stuff going on so we stayed inside those days you know popped out for like enough of a walk to go to the greenhouse or you know something like like, you know just enough to move to a next space but really we we are lucky that we do have those spaces that we can continue our stuff in there and here are just more spaces the backfield the woods Mm -hmm. it just goes on and on yes we have a certified nature explorer classroom which is really a really awesome thing. But then we also have a lot of, a lot, a lot of natural spaces that we use too. So there's a balance between play spaces and 
uh, like designated play spaces and play spaces just in the on the farm that are special and natural. And so we get both, which is great. And just learning can be done anywhere at, during any season. We've got incredible pictures of just the, the vast difference of yes. what they're doing. We do a huge focus on art to guide our curriculum as well. So my my co-teacher, that uh, Trish, that joined us two years ago, this was our third year that we just finished. She's an artist herself. So um, I'm very inspired by Reggio Emilia models. Not that we don't label ourselves as one philosophy, really, because, again, we're flexible in what we think works best in that moment. And we tend to take what we like and what works for us our group of children and our environment best, but I am really inspired by the artwork and the drive of art curriculum and in Reggio Emilia. So we, this year we were like, you know what, let's try to do the art stuff a little bit differently. And we took an artist um, focus each month and we sort of just went with it and saw how it went with the kids. And my, my older group this year really responded to it. So on this slide, it's a picture of a recreation that we did with our preschoolers, which was so special. So we did a, a recreation of Dance of the Haymakers by William Sidney Mount, who is a Long Island-based artist from the, the 1800s. So he was alive basically when our hay barn was being built. It was really cool to to just, we did some like art chats about these pictures. We've made observations. We talked about what we thought the feelings of these people were, what, what they were doing and why they were doing it and all this stuff. And then we went to our hay barn and they directed each other. And we have, even they brought in, if you can see, they brought in some stuffies that match the animals on the Williamson okay. Mountains painting. And we had our own barn dance and um, the pictures that they took as well, they, they took the picture. So we use a class camera, like a just an old, you know, probably from like 2000s, um, <laughs> <laughs> just like a point, a, like a little point and shoot that yeah. for our classroom, for the kids to be able to document their own learning. And they took that camera and they documented each other having a recreation of William Sidney's Mount, William Sidney Mount's Dance of the Haymakers. Again, for those that are looking at these two images, it's, it's beautiful. It's uh, really stunning. I love it. I love it. It's a really cool thing. Using social media. Yeah, using social media has helped us a lot. We started an Instagram in, I want to say, early 2020, right before the world shut down. And um, it's really helped us connect with other uh, nature-based programs throughout the country and also to connect with some local organizations, too. So here I have a couple of things. I have Okieware did a feature on us. This one picture that I, I posted onto the Instagram that's a little one just full of mud having a grand old time. And it was awesome that we, we use and encourage Okieware. So um, I tag them in our post whenever I, I see it. And then parents will be like, oh, that's what that is. But it was great that Okieware focused on us for this post as well. And then the second one is a, a picture from my Instagram that I did for the little farmers, but uh, that was reposted by Brookhaven Free Library, which is a local library that had donated a ton of books for our little free library that we have in our nature-based classroom. So we have a little library a little standing free library that, you know, take a book, leave a book and the mm-hmm. library donated tons of stuff. So it's a picture of them relaxing and laying and reading under our weeping tree, which is like our quiet area in our, mm-hmm. in our nature explore classroom. And then the last one was a feature that um, Outdoor School Shop did, which is how I connected with you and how I've been able to connect with other nature-based learners, which has been really great. That's awesome. That's all. I'm so glad we found each other. Yes, me too. <laughs> It's a it's a movement. We all have to work yes. together, right? We Absolutely. really do. And I think it's our environments are so different. Not all of us have a farm. Not all of us have these, but it's sort of the elements that are inside of it are very yes. similar. Yes. And I think that's really 
the more that we can talk about it, the more that we can share, the more that we can share each other's stories or tell our stories. I think it's so vital and so important. Yes. So what's going on in this slide? Are these okay, the- so this is a slide talking about that we get to work closely with other Cornell Cooperative Extension staff. So like I mentioned earlier, the farm and uh, the preschool program, we're all part of Cornell Cooperative Extension, which is a big, larger community that is based out of the university. But then at the extension part of that is that we want Um, experts in their field to be able to get information and best practices out and into communities. So um, there's a lot of different experts within just the farm and then larger CCE as well. So here there's a picture of Miss Kate, our animal science coordinator here at the farm, and she takes time out of her day to stop what she's doing. And this is uh, us watching her bottle feed a, a really brand new baby goat wow. and then letting us she let the the kids hold the bottles as well so she's an expert in animal science so when we're out and about around the farm and a little one says miss maya what is this or why is this happening and i can say oh i'm not sure but i know where to find out let's go ask miss kate or i can even just call miss kate or next time we see her you can ask her which is great so there's so many people on the farm that have so much knowledge that they're willing to share with us. And it's really great. The the kids love to get to know the other people on the farm. It's really a part of how they take such ownership over the farm. They feel like it's their space. It's not just me and my co-teacher that they know. They know, you know, all the different educators that are working on the farm that we see throughout our day. The second picture here is uh, Miss Claudia. She's from uh, the community education department of CCE. So she doesn't work directly with the farm, but she comes in and does Uh, nutrition with us once a week. So once a month, sorry. So she'll come in and do um, like a healthy snack with us once a month, which is really fun. The kids really enjoy when she comes in. Brilliant. And then this last picture is a picture of us uh, preschoolers, myself, um, a farmhand, Mr. Charlie, and the infamous Farmer John, who he's like (laughs) the Clark Kent Superman of the farm. So (laughs) the kids... People absolutely adore him. And he's the big farmer. He's the one, you know, out on the big equipment and making making things happen for us in the field. So this is a picture of us harvesting potatoes with him. So a couple of years ago, uh, he, uh, he his family farm was potato farmers for years before he came um, onto the farm, our farm. So he planted just a small enough patch for uh, little farmers to go out and harvest with him. So it's really a special day when we're able to do that. The kids take a couple potatoes home. One year we uh, my boss, Allison, brought in an air fryer and we made potato chips for snack out of the oh, potatoes that we wow. harvested. But it's really, there's no way better way to experience and to learn about the harvest in the fall than to do it with our hands. So that's what we do. Yeah, that's great. And Farmer John is great about doing uh, lots of other stuff that he includes us in as well. If there's something cool going on or he's got a big machine out, he loves to talk about it and the kids love to hear him talk about it. So it's yeah. awesome <laughs> to have all of these different amazing people on the farm that are are able to participate in our program. So this is just saying you have a summer fun camp, six-week summer program. Yeah, that's that summer group as well. And then um, this is just a slide for the QR code to our Instagram where we post lots of awesome pictures. And I try to do lots of stories throughout the the day and the weeks about, you know, what we're up to and why we're doing it and all that good stuff. Because I know I'm always so inspired by other programs that I get to see visible on social media that um, I like to share what we're doing too, because it always... Yeah. And you are connected to Cornell. How How is that affiliation? Yeah. So we're Cornell Cooperative Extension. So the extension work, each county in New York State has extension work from Cornell because Cornell is New York's land grant university. So like I said, there's a marine department um, in Suffolk County. There's the community ed program, which is what Claudia comes from. There's an ag 
program that does like testing. There's us, which is positive youth development. That's us at the farm, 4-H. So there's lots of different departments. And um, the goal is to take best practices learned at university level and filter filter it into local communities and be able to do that through experts. So the, the marine department, they do amazing work in, in, you know, repopulating the oysters in the bay and um, a bunch of stuff. And community ed goes out into the community to, to teach families about, um, you know, parent. they do parenting classes, they do toiletry play, uh, training classes, they do so much community ed as well. So it's really awesome. There's a, a big group of people that are like-minded and want these alternative education opportunities for our community. It's such a wonderful example of so many people who specialize in so many different things coming together and working together to serve our children, to serve our families, uh, to serve our earth. You know, there's just so much uh, goodness. And it's just a great example. I just love how it's, it's showcasing how specializing in so many different things. We're not looking at the slideshow anymore. We're looking at incredible pictures that Maya had sent us. So we'll just slide through these. There's Farmer um, John again. <laughs> there's Farmer John. He yes, like we, just... he was out plowing the field and um, we spotted him from across my screen porch plowing the field. So what we did was head over and have snacks. <laughs> we did a little picnic blanket and they got to watch him and he saw us. He spotted us, jumped off the tractor, came and chatted with us. And uh, had snack with us. So oh. one of those examples, which is awesome. Again, it's just, that's what life's about, you know, and everybody looks so happy. Here's, here's a little one with Miss Louise, one of our teachers, who's also a master gardener, which is awesome. She's got so much knowledge. Holding a, holding a hen with a little one coming over to have her turn to get close and pet and touch and look closely and all that. And you can just see the joy on both of their faces, just experiencing this, which is uh, what it's all about. It gives me goosebumps. I mean, it truly <laughs> is. There you are. There I am. That's and this, out in the sunflower field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, again, for those that are, are, are lucky enough to see the sunflower field, it's a huge sunflower field. I mean, it just seems like it's not even real. It's like what you would see in a p- big picture, but it's, it it's looks, it's so real. beautiful. Instead of just reading a book about sunflowers, I took that book that's, you know, illustrated and we took a wagon ride, parked the wagon in the middle of the sunflower field and talked about it there. And then yeah. um, just peeked off the, the side and we looked for pollinators after and spotted how many pollinators we could find. Again, it's taking the learning off just paper. It's not making it theoretical. It's making it real for them, which is yeah. what farm is all about. Yeah. yeah. That's another yeah. one. <laughs> just so again, a view of entering great. the sunflower field. Yeah. Who drives the tractor? We take turns as the educator. So sometimes I'll drive it. This is some other co-teachers, uh, Trish and Louise and, and Jess. So we all take turns. We're all tractor trained as long as, you know, you have your license and you're older and it's all good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And here's a mud kitchen. kitchen. And um, I love this too, because we have, this was an Eagle Scout project that an Eagle Scout decided he wanted to do for us as his project. So he created this beautiful mud kitchen for us uh, where we had a mud kitchen. It was much smaller and it was older. We, it was about 10 years old. And, you know, uh, having this stuff outside, it doesn't last. Yeah. forever. So uh, it was right. really nice that he did this as his project and created a new space, uh, a freshened up space for our, in our nature explorer classroom. The kids love it. And I love that there's a little one actually sitting in the sink. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Working on the chalkboard. I just yes. lo- love it. So, you can feel the energy from the pictures. 
I love this one too. This was a really good day. We went out into the pumpkin patch sort of after the field trips that were coming in to be able to pumpkin pick, you know, the public schools, a lot of them book field trips in the fall, which is awesome. And they'll come out and they'll pumpkin pick. So after that was sort of over, after peak pumpkins, uh, we went out and lured the remnants of the pumpkin patch. And what happened naturally was that they started to sort. So this is a picture of them sorting by size. And then they created a pile here of like open, mushy pumpkins. They were were like, I don't know where to put this one. I was like, okay, let's make a new pile. So they had small, medium, large pumpkins and then this like mushy, gushy pile of pumpkins. So this was the the land and the what we have available to us led to this lesson. It's not like we were like, okay, we're going to do sorting today. When the opportunity presents itself, we are guiding factors for these kids, but we try to take their lead on everything. When we saw them starting to do this, we said, I wonder if, I wonder if we did this. That's sort of how we like to frame some things. And then one of them can, or two of them will grab onto it and be like, oh, oh, I know what we can do, you know, and that's what we want to see happening. We really want to from them. How can we sort of gently direct them into an activity, but that's really based on what they're doing. This is just another picture of the mud kitchen and them all busy, busy. Yeah. So great. Oh, climbing on the tractor. Yeah, this is, uh, we have a couple of old decommissioned tractors that have little steps and a porch on them. So these two tractors are, have become play spaces. Oh, um, wow. I really like this picture because the play changes here a little bit, even though it's not really a traditional play space. It's also not a natural environment. They, it's part of their world, these tractors. And we talk a lot about safety on the farm. It is a big working farm, big equipment around that these are safe to touch, they're safe to explore, they're safe to go close up to all of that stuff and go under, whereas, you know, our working tractors were very uh, cognizant of what they do and how they work and that they're not safe to be super close to. And we provide all those boundaries for them. But these, we know that they're able to get close to and really explore. And also, I love them because this picture shows it says the type of tractor on it, farm mall and a 400. I like this because it's one of those ways that we don't directly teach phonics. You know, I'm not doing a letter of the week, but as soon as they show that they're ready for a little bit more of the phonics stuff, someone will go, hey, what does that say? Mm. And that's sort of my mode to go, oh, okay, we're ready for a little bit of this. And and we use labels around the farm. We use things like this in order to do that phonics instead of doing like a letter of the week card at circle time. It's when I hear, what, what is that? Or that's my name. Then I can we can start talking about these things. So it's just a little bit I of love that. Within, ingrained in the play. This is going through the, the corn maze, which is awesome. Maze. Again, huge cornfield. So we get to just go out and explore more of a oh, potatoes. The, uh, potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Harvesting potatoes. Oh, look at I that love this. Play. So this is in our nature explorer classroom, but it was just after a really rainy day and parts of the farm puddle like crazy. And they are just going to town, jumping off these benches. So those benches in theory are meant to be there for, you know, people to just sit on and relax and nature explore. But when, when puddles come around it, it is now a jumping <laughs> surface and that's okay. You know, we absolutely, so we did some hammering into some pumpkins. And this is also when we talked about the artist Yayoi Kasama, cause she does the dotted pumpkins. So we sort of integrated wow. that, that artist into this time of year where we had these pumpkins and we had this opportunity to hammer. And that's why you see those black dots there. Yayoi Kasama does really interesting art with on real pumpkins and painting with, with dots. Uh, we sort of integrated those all together and the kids really enjoyed it. 
it's an accessible art for them. That's also real in real life. She's still living. She's creating art. She just did an exhibit in New York City. So yes, I would definitely recommend. So I always, this picture, I always try to encourage some high levels of learning that people don't always think that preschoolers can do. But I always think that if you have a high occasion, they'll rise to it. So this is the block center. I have some some pictures of some famous building structures. So I have the, this is a picture of the Taj Mahal being propped up with Trish, my co-teacher, and them building some replicas of it with some blocks, some, that's just air dry clay and some acorn tops. So we provide all this loose parts. And I like to try to give these little extra things that encourage some, some more. Brilliant. I I just wrote that one down too. Wet and windy. This is a picture of us talking about Dance of the Haymakers at Circle Time before we went out. And we're talking about, you know, what they're doing, how they're dancing. And you can see a couple of the kids practicing the hands of the artwork, which is really, it was a cool, cool experience. That was a really cool activity. And there they are getting ready. There they are getting ready. And then if you go down a little bit, this oh. you're looking those two are the ones that were taking the the photos so they were like the directors of this <laughs> and because they didn't want to be in the photo which is fine you don't want to be in the photo you don't have yeah. to be in the photo. but they're looking at it directing their friends like okay you can go over here you go over there oh um, my goodness which was really cool look at them all in their rain yeah that's our big old hay barn again this is us in our hay barn one of those moments that we'll just tuck in and warm up again if we need to. Uh, so nice little story time under some blankets in our big old hay barn. Natural spaces that I was talking about. So um, there's a whole bunch of different play spaces on the farm, but there's some you know, very woodsy-like places too that we like to enjoy. And this this one we call, it was named by our first year, the Ninja Stuck House because <laughs> we had a group go in there and, and they were playing a ninja game and they got stuck in there and I had to crawl on my belly and get it. But they, <laughs> but they love it because it's sort of short and enclosed and I can sit right outside, but I let them go in by themselves. It's sort of like a secret little spot. I know. I can get in if I really need to, you know, if I need to belly crawl to get in there, I can, but it is a special little space for them. This is our animal yard. So we do have an animal yard that we uh, go in and we feed the goats and the sheep and there's the the chickens and there's peacocks and there's turkeys and there's ducks and there's all these awesome things so they take a lot of responsibility over the animals too so it'll be like i need to go give them a snack so this is us in the animal yard feeding the goats i love this picture this is in nature explore as well we have all these tires around some are loose some are like into the ground and this day this little one was trying to climb this tree we have uh, a bunch of peach trees that are perfect climbing size for preschoolers but this is a larger tree he couldn't figure out how to get up into it. And he was asking me for help. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I think you're going to need a boost. I think you're going to need something. So instead of me just doing it for him, putting him in the tray, it's like, what can we do? I said, you know, there's these tires all over the place. Can we roll them? So they spent, I don't know, 45 minutes rolling these big tires across that heavy work for them. Was yeah. awesome. um, stacking these tires. Then we talked about counterbalance because he got up on it. And uh, it started, the top one started to tip. So I said, okay, we need some weight on the other side. So we started talking about uh, counterweight and how his friend had to push down on the other side as he pushed off and he was able to get himself up into that tree. And more artists? More artists. So we did some Mondrian as well. We lapped that with our mapping, our time working on maps. So we did lots of mapping for like our class and just the farm in general. And then the artist that we did at the time was uh, Mondrian. So we took his uh, New York City images and we used it with our our maps, which was really cool. And then I included these pictures because the next picture, we were outside in Nature Explore and this Uh. little one stop this is an old 
structure that we had to put tools in, like child-sized tools that went into disarray and it's there. And this little one stopped that week and said, Miss Maya, this reminds me of Mondrian. And I was absolutely, you are so right. I see it. So I went and talked to my boss and I talked to some other facilities people and I said, do we really need this? Uh, or can I, can I take it? And they were like, you can take it. No one's using it. And it's served its purpose and it's not there anymore. So if you scroll next, we, my co-teacher and I flipped oh. it into our screen porch and we used it as a, as a medium for a recreation for a Mondrian. So you can see. Oh the- my God. <laughs> Just fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm very into art. We just had our first art show and I uh, am very into like then big physical art that they Mm -hmm. can. That's just great. So it was awesome that we were able to just do that and that I heard those big words out of this little, this little and go, this inspires me. It reminds me of Mondrian's New York City. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is such big stuff. But it's an example of how I think you give them an opportunity and they'll rise to it. We have so many pictures. I'm going, I'm just sort of going through them so people can see. Yeah. There's that Jess. one was one of them um, building out a blueprint to build uh, life-size nests. This is when we were doing oh. birds. So we had done maps, then we did blueprints a little bit. And then, um, so this, these guys are drawing out maps for plans to build uh, big nests and then wow. the next picture was the nest that they worked on together. Beautiful. They, they collected materials and they uh, they created little farmer-sized nests. And then they got to sit in it and they played in it. It was fun. Yeah. I love I love doing this. I love this. This is Yes, like... this is our covered arbor, which is another space that we use. So beautiful. It's covered with wisteria on the top. Mm. And this picture is just showing some different tabletop work and some some art just for the sake of art, you know, just creating a process yeah. of a product for sure. We're just mixing for the sake of seeing what happens for painting and with no, with no purpose other than to create. Yeah. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous. And someone's birthday. (laughs) Yes. So this, again, this is Miss Kate, our animal science person. And this is Polly Pocket, the sheep. And this is my class that I had last year, which I had for two years. So they were there when Polly was born and she was a runt. She was super little. Kate had to take really, really good care of her. She took her home. She, it was a touch and go for, for Polly Pocket for a while. And Kate did such an amazing job with her and we helped bottle feed her and we, Polly was a part of our life. And then because these kids were here for two years, she was, they were there for her first birthday. So we had a Polly Pocket birthday party. I love that. Yes. And the kids <laughs> made treats for her and it was a fun day. And there's our final. Yeah, final this picture. is our, uh, we do a lot of nature journaling and I loved this image as well. We were out, sometimes we'll just park the wagon in the backfield and especially when the farm is busy, if there's a lot of field trips on the farm, we'll get out of the main space and we'll just go park in the back and run around and explore and, you know, whatever, bring things out with us. So we always bring our nature journals with us. And this little one is showing me the art he just did in his nature journal where he's recreating the field, which is, is a big oh, yeah. you know, hay field growing on one side and a stark difference of a uh, freshly tilled field on the other. So big green on one side and dark on the other. And that's what he did in his nature journal. And he turned around and showed it to me. I said, wow, that is amazing. You're documenting your day. It's really cool. And it's awesome to see the progression of their nature journals at the beginning of the year. Their nature yeah. journals don't really look like that. They still obviously serve a huge purpose, but they might be cutting and gluing or, or scribbling or, you know, all of those good things that they need to be doing then. But this was the, at the end of the year. And I went, oh my goodness. Wow. Look at this. Yeah. So great. Thank you. 
So okay. where can we, if we, someone wanted to find you or uh, so our, learn more um, about your program? Yeah. So if you're interested in CCE in general, CCE Suffolk has a website that has all of our programs, all of the farm programs, the 4-H programs, all of that good stuff. And then there's a page within that Little Farmers. And then Little Farmers also has a separate Instagram account, little underscore farmers underscore preschool. The Suffolk County Farm, our general uh, Instagram is at Suffolk County Farm as well. So we do lots of great work. I encourage you to follow us so that I can follow any other nature programs back that I already don't know about. I feel always so inspired by other educators in this. I always want to know what everybody else is doing. So yeah. please follow me yeah. so I can follow you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. And uh, again, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. Thank you for joining us here at the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with anybody who you think would enjoy it. And follow us on Instagram. We'd love to continue the conversation. If you want to continue the conversation even deeper, please join us in the Circle community. The purpose of the Circle is to support, guide, and push you as you continually grow and sustain your outdoor classroom by providing the tools to help you set the right goals and actually follow through in achieving those goals with the support of our amazing community. Each month, 24-7, you get guidance and support from myself. You get to begin your journey with our new member roadmap. You get access to our outdoor teaching boot camp. You get to interact and learn from guest experts who are on our podcast. They come into our membership and join us to continue the conversations. You get to connect and collaborate during two live sessions a month. You get access to all our online workshops and masterclasses. You get get to dig deeper with our membership missions each month and you get to become an ambassador of joy for children. I hope you can join us for the price of one workshop. You get all of this. You get to become a member of our family at Outdoor Classroom. So I hope you can join us. I will share the link in the show notes and we'll see you later. Come join us.